0: Hi, everyone. David here. We recorded this podcast before the jury returned its verdict in the Derek Chauvin trial, guilty on all three counts. They found him guilty of second-degree unintentional murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter in George Floyd's death. Chauvin departed the courtroom in handcuffs and is now in custody. The politics of this are just starting to play out. We'll break down the president's reaction and more tomorrow. Today, we also saw House Democrats successfully table a motion to censure Congresswoman Maxine Waters for her controversial comments in Minnesota over the weekend. So stick with us to hear more about the political impact of the trial, Waters' comments, and so much more. Thanks for listening. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN Political Director. This is the CNN Political Briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Tuesday, April 20th, 2021. Joe Biden responds to the trial of Derek Chauvin. We'll discuss that. Plus, Republicans double down on Maxine Waters' comments. And finally, George W. Bush describes a modern-day Republican party very different from the one he led. Today was the second day of deliberations for the jury in the Derek Chauvin trial in Minnesota as they weigh their verdict in this very important case. The White House has been preparing for a tinderbox country that could explode depending which way the verdict swings. And yesterday, Press Secretary Jen Psaki said that the administration's goal is to ensure, quote, space for peaceful protest while acknowledging the, quote, pain, pain, trauma and exhaustion in the Black community. Lots to balance here, folks. And today, President Biden weighed in on his hopes for the trial's outcome. So uh, I waited till the jury was sequestered, and I called. They're a good family. And they're calling for peace and tranquility, no matter what that verdict is. I'm praying the verdict is the right verdict, which is, I think it's overwhelming in my view. As you may know, President Biden has avoided weighing in on a potential verdict in the trial until now. He's wary of appearing to influence any ongoing legal proceeding. Well, this is still an ongoing legal proceeding. You heard he said that he waited until the jury was sequestered so that they will have no knowledge of what he is saying. But nonetheless, it's an ongoing legal proceeding. And the president just did something we don't see presidents do all that often, lean heavily into his own opinion of where he thinks this trial should ultimately come out. And as we noted, this administration understands that probably no matter which way this trial comes out in terms of the verdict, there is going to be political fallout. And they are going to have to add that to their to-do list in terms of managing a potential moment of crisis in the country. Now, here's what else matters today. Congresswoman Maxine Waters' comments over the weekend in Minnesota are still causing an uproar among Republican lawmakers here in Washington. House Minority Whip Steve Scalise told CNN's Manu Raju that he would, quote, like to see Maxine Waters apologize for the inflammatory comments she has made inciting violence. When asked if he agreed with those who say that Waters' comments are on par with the comments of former President Donald Trump on January 6th, he said the former president used the word peaceful, and Waters did not. This whole thing is an absurd, false equivalency comparing what Maxime Waters said to comments that incited an insurrection, literally to overthrow the government and the proper counting of electoral votes in a legitimate election. These two things should not be even talked about in the same universe because they're two totally different things. But if you are looking for an apology from Maxime Waters, I don't think you're going to see one coming. Speaker Pelosi has already said she has nothing to apologize for and that Maxine Waters' comments about confrontation are in the manner of the civil rights movement. Waters herself clarified her comments yesterday saying exactly that. This is not a far stretch of the imagination. I mean, the great civil rights leader, John Lewis, talked about good trouble all the time. So the question really here is about this use of the word confrontation. And if Maxime Waters' use of that was actually calling for people to riot, to be destructive, to do something other than peacefully protest... As she noted, civil rights actions throughout history have been confrontational, but not necessarily destructive or violent. And yet, with the country on edge, the question became, is that the right language for a political leader to use in this moment? Certainly, Republicans saw an opportunity here for political attacks and to try and gain some political advantage here, and they went whole hog to try to seize that opening. In fact, Kevin McCarthy, the Republican leader in the House, is holding a vote on Tuesday to try and see if the House will censure Maxine Waters, and remember... Nancy Pelosi doesn't have a lot of votes to spare. If it's going to be a pure party-line vote, she can get by, but she's only got two or three votes to spare. And if she loses two or three Democrats, there's the potential that the House could vote to censure Maxine Waters if this is not something that Pelosi has complete control of her membership over. House Democratic Conference Chair Hakeem Jeffries is having none of these Republican attacks. He thinks it is purely hypocritical. Give a listen. Now, Kevin McCarthy should focus on his own conference. Because the Republicans in the House are a mess right now. Perhaps he should sit this one out. As you may know, Maxine Waters' comments actually entered into the Chauvin trial at the end of the day yesterday when the judge dismissed the defense's request for a mistrial because of her comments and the defense claiming they prejudiced the jury. The judge wasn't buying any of that. But he did seem to suggest that perhaps the defense had grounds for appeal in Maxine Waters' comments. I'm not sure an appellate court will see any merit to that, but certainly the judge sitting in this current trial suggested that may be an opportunity available to the defense if need be. And finally today, former President George W. Bush breaks his political silence. Since leaving office 12 years ago, George W. Bush, probably more so than any other modern era predecessor, just wanted to disappear from political life. And for the most part, he has done so. Yes, he helped out his brother's presidential campaign a bit, and he's dabbled here and there. He's obviously shown up as a former president to big, important events in our national life. But he has really stayed free of entering into the political battle of the day. But no more. George W. Bush wants in on the immigration debate of the day, and he also is assessing the current state of the Republican Party in a way that is at complete odds with his vision— of the Republican Party when he was in charge of it. Give a listen to what he said in his first live television interview in three years this morning. I would describe it as isolationist, protectionist, and to a certain extent, nativist. Hmm, are you you disappointed? Well, it's not exactly my vision, but you know what, I'm just an old guy. They put out the pasture. So just think about that. In a short time, relative short time, 12 years, how the party has moved so completely away from George W. Bush's vision of what the Republican Party stood for at that time. And hearing him come out of political hibernation to sort of take on his own party this way is nothing short of remarkable. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcast. We'll talk to you tomorrow.